What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk. It's going to be a, I guess, a marketing show. I mean, what, what actually, what's going to be sort of a marketing show? We're going to talk about key performance indicators today. Uh, KPIs is what that the jargon word that gets thrown out a lot. And Michael and I have been able to track our numbers for three, four, five years in a row now. So we know a good thing. We know a lot about KPIs and what numbers are important and what numbers to track. And the reason we're doing the show today based on KPIs is because if you're you know, start marketing consistently. We've done shows in the past on, on specific marketing channels that work. Um, if you're not tracking your key performance indicators, you're not going to know whether, you know, it's working or not. You're not going to know, you're not going to have like confidence in your ability to like have really, income every month. You, you don't know? really have a business unless you have stuff to measure. That's yeah, exactly. That's, you don't have most, anything. It's just, most businesses out there are just sort of like wing it, I'm talking about restaurants and retail yeah. places and any businesses. And they're like, well, if I have more money at the end of the month than I have at the beginning of the month, then things are working, but you don't really know what's working and what's not. You can't run and improve a business unless you have key performance indicators that let you know how you're doing at any given moment. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a really good way to like explain it because I think a lot of people, and I should have done this when I started, this is where I made a big mistake. I thought when I got started, KPIs didn't matter, but that, was a problem for me. Cause I didn't know what I was just working and I didn't know what was like, I didn't know what was going on. I'm just like, Oh, I'm putting all this work in, but I don't know what's happening. And once I started actually tracking all of my numbers and I was able to like see them on a monthly basis, I could figure out like, Oh, if I actually spend this much money in marketing, I'm going to get this many deals. And I was not like timid to like spend money. And then I was not timid to negotiate. Like if I lost a deal, I wouldn't get that mad because I knew like one out of every X offers is going to get accepted. So sure. anyway, Michael, let's, let's just get into it. So like in New York state, oh, one more thing I'm going to make this, this is obviously the flipping in New York show. So, it, you know, this, our state uh, is, is tough because you have to be in it for the long haul. We keep saying this, but if you're measuring KPIs on a two month basis in New York, or even on a 90 day basis, you're, you're screwed. You got to be in months. this for six months. Minimum. Even six months. I, I think, I don't even think that's enough to measure for me. <laughs> I, I need at least 12. I could take my, yeah. when I track how long it takes between when I spend money on marketing and when I actually get oh paid, my gosh. It, it's probably nine months. So yeah, it's not longer. Even, honestly. So if I, so if I only track nine months, I really wouldn't, wouldn't know much from checking 12 months. I have a decent idea. But really, 18 months gives me a better picture. Like I changed yeah. things around last uh, August. And like I still don't have a clear picture on what my new marketing channels are bringing me until. So it's been a year. I'll probably know. I'll probably know a lot more by March. So I need about 18 months. Yeah. Because you Great. basically, you basically kind of 
didn't reset, but you had to basically restart your, didn't you pause your marketing for a while and then basically oh. restart it from scratch? So two things happened. I, I broke yeah. up with a partner and yeah. then COVID hit. New York was basically shut that down. That was bad. Yeah. I would say March, April, May, June, July last year. I had 14 properties in contract for sale. Couldn't sell any of them. A lot of those buyers fell out because they lost their jobs. And then as I tried to do marketing, I got, you know, people were really terrified for their lives here. And they just were not interested in talking about, about their, about their house. You know, other parts of the country, some people we know had like their best months ever in those years, because people that weren't terrified for their lives, they just, they were terrified, like for their wallets. Like they were thinking, I better sell my house because it's liquid. May, it may get here and I can get rid of it. But in New York, people were like, what? I can't believe you're calling me. Like I, the, the, the reaction I got was like unprecedented. So um, I just stopped marketing and then I turned everything on really last September. So we're almost okay, a so year, from, yeah, literally almost a year from now, uh, almost a year ago. Cause we're, oh, we're in September now. So yeah, about yeah. a year. So I, and I still don't really know all, all my numbers, but I, I think in about six months, I'll have a better idea. And I, I yeah. have a, a better, you know, I, let's talk about what numbers we track so that we yeah. can talk about what, what we're talking about. But that's one of the things, what you just said is a big deal because, a lot of these gurus say, well, you got to know your numbers, you got to know your numbers, but you're not, not going to know your numbers in the beginning. It's impossible because oh. you don't have any numbers, right? You know, and if you just tried, if you dabbled in a new, in a new uh, marketing channel, I tried cold calling two weeks ago. Um, I think I need a uh, hundred leads to get it. You don't know anything, right? You, you got to do it for a while to know things. And no one told, yeah. you know, really, when I first learned that, I was like, how come nobody ever told me that you need that it takes a while to even get numbers to know? That's not sexy, but, Michael. That right. doesn't that doesn't sell courses, dude. Know your numbers. Sell, know how many leads you need to get a deal. How the hell do you know that when you haven't gotten a deal yet? How do you know that? You need to get 10 deals before you know that. Right. You need to get 10 because then you have averages at 10. You know, if you don't have 10 deals, you don't know what shit. Yeah. Sometimes you just get lucky, right? You get a deal and you think, oh, I one lead equals one deal. That's great. <laughs> you know, if I spend a hundred dollars on marketing, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a, a deal. Like, but you need you need to know this over time. So that's for sure. But let's talk about what the actual numbers that we track. So you yeah. want to start or? Yeah, want... I'll start. So the, 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 the bottom line in this business, we've said this over and over and over again. If you need to get leads on a daily basis, if you don't have leads coming in, whether they're leads from marketing or whether they're leads from other people or real estate agents, or you're making offers on the MLS, you need to get basically properties that you can make an offer on. That's the way I look at a lead, a property that you can make an offer on. That is a KPI, key performance indicator that I can look at and we'll unpack all of these. And I know if I get a certain amount of these leads, okay, which is properties that I can make an offer on, I'm going to make a select amount of offers. So I'll let you cover offers because leads is obviously like you just need to get leads. And we have done shows on this. We have guests here that talk about this. There's not a scarcity of information on how to get leads on the New York real estate radio show. Correct. So, I, so I, we track leads. I track appointments. So that can mean either physical appointment live. Yeah or a phone appointment where you're actually yeah. going to delve into it. So a sales call. Yeah. Right. So track leads, appointments, and then offers. Now every, the truth is every single appointment should result in an offer, right? With rare exceptions, yes. occasionally yes. somebody tells you, you know, you know, you're going out, you, you're talking to somebody or you go on an appointment where the guy is really not interested in selling. It's very rare. Yeah. Um, but if a guy's interested, you gotta make an offer. Now I, I have a bunch of students that have a big problem with making offers when somebody tells them that they want more money than they, than they, uh, than they want to give. And I tell them every time, just make the offer. Somebody says they won't sell for less than 600 and you want to buy it for 300, put in an offer for them to always put an offer. And it's hard mentally to do that, right? Cause you think they're going to yell at you. They're going to be insulted. You're wasting your time, but you always want to make offers. So you want to track 
you want to track and, and everything we're tracking you want to track by by marketing channel so let's say you're cold calling and you're texting and you're mailing just for example you want to track how much money you're spending how many leads you're getting for each channel so you can compare you want to track how many appointments you're getting which is really how many leads really turned out to be somebody who is interested in selling how many offers you're going to make and then you want to track how many actually get the contract and how many you get under contract and again, you want to track them by, by lead channel. It's really, really important to know that because if you do this for a year or two, you may notice that one of your marketing channels sucks crap and one of your marketing channels is really good. And you may say, I can give up my crappy marketing channel and I can put more money into the other one. Now, you may not always have to do that. I'm not saying you always want to be adjusting your marketing channels because I have, I have marketing channels that give me less return on investment. Uh, and ones that give more, but for some, but, but if they're not really expensive, I don't mind keeping them going, but you want to be able to know. So let's say after a year um, per marketing channel, how many leads it takes to get a, to get an appointment, how many leads it takes to get a deal, to get a contract. And then you want to track your, the most important number by far is your return on investment. So when you actually monetize that contract, either by assigning it and selling it wholesale or by closing on it and and yeah. wholesaling it or closing on it or doing rehab, how much money you're making. That's the most important thing is your, real, your return on investment. In other words, if you, if you told me you had a marketing channel that was giving you, you needed 40 leads to get a, to get a deal, and you had another marketing channel, you know, only 20 leads to get a deal, but the one that you got a, that needed a lot more leads, you were making a lot more money on, it's probably still a better marketing channel. So you have to, your real, the real, the most important thing is how much money you spend versus how much money you take out. That's 100%. the most, impo most important. Dollars in, dollars out all right. day long. Return that's the best. And that's, that takes, especially like you said, if you're taking deals down, like I will rehab a house and like I will, that will take another six months. So it takes six months to get the damn deal. Right. And then six it. months to sell it. You're at a year, right? You're at okay. a year. By then, you know, there could be another that's, pandemic. That's if know? everything goes right, right? Let's say <laughs> longer or let's say a little delay. Could be 18 months till you get Yeah, paid. exactly. So like exactly. I, I, I used to do PPC, pay-per-click marketing. Oh my gosh, you, that's you spoke be. about. Yeah. But, and like, I, I had like an amazing ROI when we first started. I did a six-figure deal right out of the gate. And then I had another deal that was really great. And then like a couple of deals and my numbers were good, I think. So the, by the way, the general return on investment you want is I'd say- in general, you want three to four to one, right? You want to get at least three to four dollars for every dollar you spend on marketing, but it can yeah. take a long time. So on my on my PPC in the beginning, my my ROI was like like six. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. But then I had nothing coming for like six months, like not a, not one decent lead. So my ROI went down to like two and a half, and then I had a deal to close. So I ended up with like a three. So it's not terrible, but like you you. You only know these numbers by doing them a long time, especially if you're if you're doing rehabbing because that the rehabbing takes forever, and then selling the property takes a long time, right? The rehab it's is not going to take less than three months. Selling the property is not going to take less than that's six months, and everything goes exactly the plan. So uh, yeah, it's it's a whole nother plan, and that's why you got to be in it for the long haul. So like when you're tracking leads, you're tracking offers, you're tracking contracts. I think the one KPI that that really changed the game for me. And, and this is like, well, I did this one day. I was like, how many deals have I closed? This is a, a couple of years ago. And then how many leads did I get? Right. And this is, I just looked at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, every, you know, this is probably, this is a couple of years ago. It's like every 40 or something leads, I'd get a deal. So that taught me like, okay, this is the new standard. How do I improve that? Now it's 20, right? Cause I've changed a few things in my business and like, I got a little more strict on what a lead is. 
But like so, the reason this is so important for people to listen to, especially if there's new people listening, is when you know your numbers and you know your averages, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get disappointed when deals don't go your way. I mean, I'll tell you what, Michael, you're the same. We have crap happen to us every single day. There is some drama, whether it's an oil tank. I mean, I have a property right now in New Jersey. There's two buried oil tanks that are leaking. There's a state of New Jersey involved. There's the DEC involved. There's it's a hot mess. So like every time, every day there's, there's, there's crap going on. But if you know your numbers, it doesn't matter because over time, keyword there is over time, you're going to have the consistency that you want. And I think another thing that people don't talk about with KPIs and their numbers is everyone. I feel like a lot, I just did a podcast episode on this. I sent it, I think I sent it over today to get published, but like people will say like, Oh, I'm buying seven houses a month, eight houses a month. That's not every month. Like on average, you're doing seven houses or whatever. Like, but there's months in this business where it'll be a home run. And then there there's some months that zero. are shit. It'll be zero. You have no closings. And, and, and I think when you know your numbers, you don't get nervous when you have a goose egg month because the next month you might make triple what you would have made on an average month. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because no one talks about this crap and it drives me crazy. You know, it paints the wrong we, picture. We know guys that have serious multiple seven-figure businesses and they'll show up at an investor fuel event, which is the mastermind we're part of. And they'll say, I want, I just want it, I just want it level. Well, I don't want the ups and the downs. And then somebody will go, ups and downs. You had a four hundred thousand dollar month two months ago. Like, I wish I had your ups and downs, but that's the 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 idea that you're gonna have a straight, you know, flat line. I'm closing five deals a month, every month, every month is ridiculous. Again, I'm talking about guys who have an incredible team, an incredible business, do make multiple seven figures every year consistently. They're still complaining about inconsistencies in month to month. So to think that you're going to start in this business and just have a consistent deal flow, flow of wheels, flow, closing flow, you know, everything goes smooth. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, we all, we all want it, right? Everybody wants it, but it, it's, I, I think it's probably impossible. And you got to just take the good months and take the bad months and, and know that you have uh, enough money from the good months to, to go get through the bad months and that yeah. you, you're keeping up with your marketing and doing it consistently. Yeah, no, it's so true. And that's why the KPIs matter. Because if you have a bad month and you don't know your numbers, you p- push the panic button. But if you're like, okay, this is a little hiccup. I'm going to get through this. I need 30 leads to get a deal. I'm just going to focus on getting my 30 leads and then I'm going to evaluate after that. I think that's where people really get like i'll give you a legit kpi like this is like a in-depth you know scenario from mail i have this thing in direct mail where if i'm going to commit to a marketing campaign it's at minimum 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 six months if not even longer usually it's a year right six six mailings right six yeah yeah on average it's actually longer than that it's usually like 10 months actually because i'm thinking about it's six drops and i do every six weeks or whatever so it's yeah so five or six weeks so anyway um I'll, I'll say, okay, I'm not going to know if this campaign is successful or not until eight months from now. And what I'll do is I, I track my, I, I kind of make a, a, a guesstimate on what I think is going to like happen with the responses. And then I, once the responses start coming in, I'm able to like, you know, on like a Sunday or whatever, like sit in front of my computer when it's not busy and really line that up against with what I thought. And then usually I'm either like above my expectations or below my expectations. And then I can use those KPIs to see what's going on. Is my response rate low? Is my response rate high? Is my lead rate down? And you can make a logical decision, you know, and you don't have to be all like emotionally involved. I think I was, everyone gets emotionally involved in the beginning because it is a big deal, 
But when you're able to kind of just look at these numbers and just make decisions off of the numbers, right. you're going to have consistency, like over time, it's just going sure. to be a lot easier to, to make decisions, you know? And the purpose of having multiple KPIs and not just an ROI is to, when there, if there is a problem, right? If your ROI yeah. is not what you want, you can look at your KPIs and decide where's the issue, right? So if you send the mailing out and you got almost no response and no leads from it, maybe the piece is wrong, maybe the list is wrong, something's wrong. If you got a lot of leads, but you're not getting any appointments or or making offers, then the, then the problem could be in qualifying the leads or the problem yeah. could be in the, in, the sales, in the sales process. Yeah. Right? If you're getting appointments and you're and you're making offers, but no one's accepting your offer, then something's wrong in something's probably wrong in the sales process, right? In the, where and how you're trying and how you're converting it. So you're able to analyze and say, you know what, I need to hire an acquisitions manager because I suck at converting leads. Yeah. Right? Or I need to hire a, a, a leads manager because I suck at uh, qualifying leads and turning them into appointments. So whatever, by, by analyzing the numbers, you can see where there's an issue in your business. Um, without that, you don't know, you don't know what's wrong, right? It could be a lot of different things that are wrong. But um, I went to one of these uh, sharper events and I, and I got to go to one of those, by the way, next time is when we should go together. It's great. There's one in Chicago real soon. Um, oh, he, do, he does them more frequently. Every quarter. Oh, okay. And um, I would go there. He's, it's really good. And he, um, so I, I tried, so he was talking about analyzing your business and he, he doesn't just do real estate investors, but 99% of the people that are real estate investors. And so he's like, there's a, there's one, one key performance indicator that you need to track like all the time. That is the brick that builds the business. Right. And he, I, so I, I thought he wasn't going to, give me an answer. So I'm like, so what is it for real estate investors? He goes, it's offers made. He goes, if you, if you're making offers, you know that your leads are coming in, you know, that the leads are being qualified. And if you're decent at, at coming up with offers and decent at converting people, then you're going to end up with a deal. So right now that is the main thing. Like I, I want to make 30 offers a month. That's like my goal. I'm not there, but I'm in the twenties now. And like, I want to, I want to be making 30 offers a month. I know and I say this to team all the time. I go, I know if I'm making, even if I'm making at least 20 offers a month, I go, these will turn into deals later. Like I just had one, I was, I was out the last two days, but four, so we do QC calls after the offers made where quality control will see if they're interested. And all four said like, no, the offer is way too high. So like, I could have been discouraged by that. I'm like, well, maybe I'm offering too low, but the truth is I don't, I don't care because A, even when, they, when, the, when the seller says the offer is too high, it doesn't mean they're not going to come back to you if circumstances change. And B, I'm only converting a percentage of my offers anyway, right? I'm only converting yeah. one out of three if, I, if I'm great, and one out of four, probably more likely. So that's fine. So there's most of the offer, most people are going to say no. Like the idea that most people are going to say yes is crazy. But if I'm making the offers, I know the deals are going to be there over time. So I think that's really, really important. And I have people that come to my office and say, I've been a wholesaler for two years. And I go, great, how many offers have you made in two years? And they say two. So I'm like, you spent two years, you made one offer a year. Well, everybody wants retail everybody all the leads suck people were telling me that they i'm like you're not a wholesaler unless you really make an offer it's like that's the i think it's the most important that is the most right. important man that is you're preaching it i i love that because at the end of the day like it comes like off like it's almost like you, you said that you called it a brick i believe you call it a brick yeah. he, it's like the glue he defines it. yeah it's like the He's glue like, the, brick, the brick is what builds the business it goes in and sometimes it's very hard to figure out what the brick is in a business the guy, his, who he is a partner, Eddie Wilson, who got up and spoke, and he said, like, sometimes it's not what you think. He said, Foot Locker was having a real problem like 10 years ago, and they realized that the brick in their business, which is not what you think, was how many feet they measured. How many people came into the store and measured their feet? 
So they sent out like a million of these little foot measures all over the place. And they found that for every foot that got measured, of every four feet that got four pairs of feet that got measured, they sold a pair of sneakers. So they just, anytime you go into Foot Locker, they go, hey, do you want to get your foot measured? And like you and I would say, screw you. I know what size foot. Yeah, I'm getting my damn shoes and getting out of here. You I, know? I've been a size 11 for, for 20 years. Same. <laughs> but the, but, but the people, but, but it, it works, right? And that, why it works isn't always so clear, but it works. Like the people who measure their feet, then they start looking for sneakers and they know that a percentage of it. So making offers in our business is somebody else describes it because I used to, I used to, you know, Gary Boomershine. So I yeah. was, um, yeah. when I started doing direct mail, I used REI Vault, which is his company. And one of the guys there is a really good guy. And he's like, when you send out offers, those offers are like soldiers that work for you. He goes, you think they're not, right? You think you send out an offer and a guy goes, screw you. I'm not selling it that low. He goes, but that offer, as long as it's sent out in writing or email where it's something tangible that the guy can look at, he goes, that offer keeps working for you for a long time. He goes, because circumstances change, motivation changes, and you, you're probably the only guy who sent out an offer. I mean, think about it, right? So you have, an, you, you have a seller, and this just, this happened to me four times over the last two days. Seller wants too much, right? More than every a, seller I talk to wants too much, right. especially in San Diego and in where we are. Sure. So no, yeah. Nine out of 10 investors are not going to make an offer, right? Seller says, no. I want 650. You want to pay 400. Nine out of 10 guys are never going to have the balls to say, here's 400. And here's it, here it is. Here it is in writing. And I've yeah. had people say, don't bought. So I always get an email address or if, or if they don't have email, then it's an actual physical address before I give the number, right? Because all your leverage is gone once you give the number on the offer. But I always send that offer, always, right? I get it away and I send it to them. And they go, don't bother, it's too, too. And sometimes they're right, but sometimes they come back, right? Sometimes a year later, they'll come back. And they'll say, hey, and they'll come back with their tail between it. Let's say, are you still interested in buying? And, that happens to me all the time. Right. And people don't all get the it. All the time. And a lot of newbies are afraid. They're terrified. And I tell, I tell these people all the time, I go, make the offer and send it in writing every time, whatever you can pay. Because offers are the brick that builds our business and offers are our soldiers that go out and work for you forever. sleeping. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like, that's the real passive income is offers, not stupid ass rentals that don't cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Dude, I've been getting fucked on rentals for the last like year and I'm just like terrified. You, so you asked, offers you asked, make more you sense. Asked, you asked for it, Greg. <laughs> I know. No, they're, they're all going to cash flow. Just right now they're not cash flowing because I bought dogs. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, what is it like? Oh, it's really I, and, and if you think about yeah. it, you can't make an offer unless you've got a lead. You can't make an offer unless that lead is qualified and that lead, you have some kind of appointment either the phone or, or, or yes. face to face. So if you're making offers, you know, those things are working, right? If you're making, an, you know, the, those things are working, So it's almost a given. And then assuming you're not completely oblivious to what that offer should be <laughs> and oblivious to having a sales process, those offers will result in deals. Maybe not right away. hundred percent. Oh, this guy. Well, there's, and the I offers, my offer. look at that. As I was going to say, as you're literally, uh, as you're minute. saying this, you called some, me before I'm shocked. There's literally, as you're saying this, I have <laughs> Brett making an offer on a property. He was at a house with today right. in Newburgh, like while I'm here in San Diego. And it's like, that is the one. And it's already tracked in our system. But if you can just make freak, I remember I heard Joe McCall, who's a big real estate, like, guru, like, I yeah, love the guy. He's great. Great. Uh, info guy. He was like, just make more offers. This is when I was brand new and I didn't get it. I'm like, what do you mean? Just make more okay. offers. That is the freaking, if you just, and it's Frank Kern says the same thing and it's in a different space. Exactly. The way, exactly the same. And that's on digital marketing. It's like, how many people have seen your pitch and you made yeah. offer to? The more people you make offers to, the more deals you do. And that's a hundred percent true. One thousand percent. 
Yeah, it's that is so that is the KPI like offers getting if, if people need to take one thing from the show, make offers, especially in New York when it takes forever to do it. Like I have a contract that I got back, I think this morning, I think on a property in, in the Hudson Valley. I went to the guy's house in April. It's freaking. April. I just said somebody, I just said somebody yeah. from 2018. 2008. So, okay. Even crazier. I mean, that's the thing. Most investors will tap out, man. They're, they're like, if it's not like, if they're not going to drop their pants right there, they're not going to, it's not going down. I'm most like invest, this. For sure. Most investors will not, I'm telling you, most investors will yeah. not make an offer to an unreasonable seller. And a yeah. lot of sellers have unreasonable price expectations. It's you insane. Need, Right. But listen, a lot of, a lot of those guys will qualify them out. They'll never even make the sales call. They'll never yeah. even go visit, visit them because they'll say it's too high. I spoke to a guy once that told me if the guy doesn't quote me, if the guy doesn't ask for 30% below Zillow value, I'm not even going to meet him. I'm like, that's insanity. I, I, go, I don't, do you know those don't many, exist. I go, do you know how many people you, you, you pissed away? You know how many deals you've let go? I go, he goes, well, I don't consider it a deal. I go, there's a huge gap between throw them away. And there's a deal that gap is called follow-up and that's where all the deals are like Dude, it's crazy people that's how people think they think that the that, you know because the gurus tell you, you just go and you, you make an offer and guys are going to drop their pants and ask you <laughs> it's, cra it's ask crazy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i mean the, the thing is and that offer was tracked in in april whenever it, it was made so now like when the deal closes like the 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 thing i love about tracking the numbers is generally i'm not saying this is every time generally it's like it's kind of like uh you know what's that stuff like those dry age steaks or whatever the longer they are the better they taste so my kpis get better the longer i'm doing it because like there's just the conversion is going to go up from follow-up so by the way it's without yeah, a doubt yeah. like the, the successful people are in it for a long time because a lot of these deals come back after a long time the it's like momentum. people yeah. never never gave it a chance and they call yeah. up and they call up somebody else for sure yeah it's crazy and, and and the biggest thing i've known too with with kpis and following up is like the deals that I get from follow-up, and this is a whole nother, we'll probably do a show on this, but like, we'll do, this is like the teaser for the show. It's so much easier to get the damn deal on follow-up in terms of other investors. Like like the, the problem, I run into problems sometimes, especially in San Diego and even in Hudson Valley, this happens more often than not now, is when you get a real re reactionary person, that's when they're going to prop, like that's if there is going to be a competitive scenario, it's like this hot lead right now, like, but that's not that, like you, the follow-up is where the competent, like it's, it's completely irrelevant. I've, at least in the Hudson Valley, I found like it with the follow-ups, they have already committed to selling to me. They just haven't done it. So yet, you know, and that number, the, the, the offers made and that lead that came in a long time ago, it, it just, it just, I just, it's like, you have to do it or else you just shouldn't even be in this business. Honestly. When you follow up consistently, you sending a message to that, to that seller that yeah. you really want it. Yes. Yeah, even exactly. Even if you're paying less than they want, even if somebody else maybe showed up and offered them more, yeah. or maybe they don't trust. If you stay with them, you're communicating to them that you really want it. And for a lot of sellers in a lot of situations, it's almost more important that they believe yes. in you and they believe you're professional, right? Because you, yes. you, you know, and I, I tell my team this all the time. I go, you cannot over communicate, right? When we get, sometimes we'll get a, a call from a good a good marketing channel like a mailer mailer right and i have three people in leasing i'm like everybody call everybody contact them three times and i i said i i want i want to hear from some people 
you guys are driving me crazy. I go, that's good. I like that's that. That's good. Yeah. Because if you, if they really have a problem that we can solve, it's never going to be a problem with how many times you contacted them. It's never, I agree with you. people don't think that they think that, well, I'm going to piss off some lead that I can really help. And they're going to move on to another investor, but it's not like that. A lot of these people almost need to be uh, shaken. They need to be shaken by the shirt. You're like communicated with. So yes, that's you want so to track, true. So tracking numbers is really, really important. And following up with them too. We should definitely do a show and follow up. Oh, well, we absolutely. Well, that might be our next show. As we start to wrap the show up today, a quick story on what you just said. So I got a lead on Saturday or Sunday. I don't know what's been going on. I've been getting all these SEO leads out of nowhere without really doing anything. Awesome. They're just, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, this is cool. This lady hits me up, Hudson Valley property. I just did made money on this. I, I actually had it. I've like wholesaled a lot of big deals in this one city. It's a shit city, but I don't know. Like you can get them so cheap and people like, it's one of those cities where like you can get them really cheap still. Those and the, the buyers, places, those are the best places yeah. to wholesale, right? The lower income places. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and, and, and she hits me up online. I call her 10, literally 10 times, call this lady 10 times. She like would not get on the phone. I've called her. It's ironic. Her, I think her ex-husband used to go to the pool. I used to be a lifeguard at because I skip traced them. And I'm like, holy shit, this is her ex-husband. So small world. <laughs> Call this lady 10 times, doesn't answer, doesn't answer, doesn't answer. Give it to Brett. He calls her, doesn't answer. Email her twice. I get an email from her freaking like an hour ago. Hey, this is Arlene. I'm ready to sell. What's your cell phone number to talk? Amazing. Like it's, but that that's, you have to follow up because you never know. If they're reaching out to you, whether it's an internet lead or if they're responding to a random text message, they're probably interested in selling the house because most people ignore marketing. I get texts all the time from assholes. I ignore them all. Cause I'm interested usually, but right. if they gave me a good offer, like anyway, but think I about digress. also a lot of people that we buy from yes, are in a situation they don't really want to tell you about, tell you about, or they don't even want to face, right? Like yes. they're in foreclosure and they want to yes. push it off. Like in New York, you have the ability to push off foreclosure for a really 10 years. For 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> so they don't want to face it. And you need to be that guy who does, who's just, you know, perseveres and is relentless in calling them. Yes. And, 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 and the only bad thing that can happen from that is they'll say, stop calling me. And guess what? If they say that, you wouldn't, they were never going to sell you the house anyway. There is no downside. Like does, it's counterintuitive because you think when you get in this business, if I'm not, if I don't say or do the right things and call or t- ask them the right amount of times, then someone's going to, someone's going to make the deal. Someone's going to, they're going to go to some other guy who doesn't bother them. It's not like that. If you have, if they have a problem that you can solve, they will eventually respond to you or tell you never to call them again. Either I way, it's a you. win. It doesn't, you can't lose. Can't lose. I agree with you hundred percent, man. I, at the end of the day, it's wrapping the show up. You got to track your numbers. You got to make sure you got to know and believe in your heart offers. Like Michael says, are the brick that build the business. Cause that's like the glue between leads and money. Honestly, is the offers. It's like the sandwich. And at the end of the day, if, you know, this is the New York radio podcast. You got to know in our state of New York where you're doing business. Hopefully, I'm assuming you wouldn't be listening to this if you're not doing deals in New York. You know, if you're listening in Kansas and you think we're entertaining, I really appreciate it. You know, maybe you should leave us a review. But at the end of the day, like you need to be tracking your numbers over the long haul. It's 12 months minimum, if not longer, because you need to have enough data because of the way the state works with all the attorneys and all that craziness. You got to track them for the long haul. So, Michael. I could talk about this for three hours. I know we're not going to torture our listeners that way. Uh, but the next show we'll probably do is it going to be regarding follow-up and how to do it? Because I think this really kind of stemmed a good topic that we can really add a lot of value on. So thank you everyone for listening. If this is your first time, please leave us a review on iTunes, copy this link, share it with people, tell everyone on the internet that this is the best podcast that's ever been created, better than Joe Rogan, better than 
you know, New York times, whatever, whatever's big out there. And uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.